Hey, it's your bestie Lo. Welcome to Thrive with Lois, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself and to thrive in all areas of your life. You're here because you want to grow inside and out. So are you ready? Let's thrive together. Today I am joined by a wonderful friend of mine, Megan Rowland, known as Megan Lou Fitness on Instagram. She is a online coach, PT, nutritionist in training, and I'm honoured to have her on the couch with me today. So Megs, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. This first is your podcast? first podcast, I was yeah. about to say, first podcast. So I'd love for you to tell everyone listening a little bit more about yourself, your journey, and what has gotten you to this point where you're at today as a PT? Okay, so I I was never into fitness, like, as a kid. Like, at school, I'd avoid PE. I used to forget my kit on purpose, like, your typical, like, I don't want to do sport, anything like that. And then I got to, like, 16. Like, well, you know, when you're growing up, I got really self-conscious, because I was never, I was never overweight, but I was never like the slim one. Does that make sense? I didn't do any activity. I didn't watch my diet, and I joined my local gym, and I started using social media. Like I was very lucky. I think we just missed when Instagram. When, like growing up, I didn't have Instagram or anything, but I had like Pinterest. And do you remember Tumblr? Yeah. Yeah. Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> so I had all these accounts, and I used to like save things about like how to get a fire gap, how to do this, and I just got obsessed. And as like literally in a couple of years time, I just completely lost everything. I went really obsessive with it. Like I was cutting out all this, every single carbohydrate under the sun. I was running. I used to run all the time on the treadmill. And then it got to a point where I got so obsessed with it. I was training before school, like when I was in sick form, training after school. When I say training, I was primarily just doing cardio. Wouldn't go in the weights room. I used to call it the big boy weights room at my local like better gym and I just wouldn't I'd run through there so I could get up into the studio because I was so scared um and yeah it just spiraled out of control I lost loads of weight I remember I got obsessed with just seeing the scale go down and down and down and I think the smallest I got to was like something ridiculous like I think I was weighing in at like six stone at one point like it was nuts um and then I kind of just was like my mum actually said to me like you need to do something about this like this isn't healthy. I had loads of like things happening to me. My body was basically shutting down. And then I went to King's College um, University because I wanted to be a doctor um, because I wanted to just turn my life around. Um, switched over to sports medicine because I actually got in on psychology because I didn't have chemistry A-level. Because when you're 16 and you're asked to choose your A-levels, what you want to do when you're older, I don't know about you, but did you have any idea of what you wanted to do? Like... A rough idea, but I do feel like I kind of winged it when I chose yeah. the subjects. I was like, I'm in an R in between like medicine, psychology, art. If everything went wrong, I was going to do tatu- be a tattoo artist. Fun fact, yeah. Fun fact of the day, I did art A-level. Um, but yeah, it all went okay and I got into Kings and then that was really the turning point for me. I found bodybuilding, um, sports training and just kind of went from there really. Um, I've had a few coaches along the way, but... That's really my mission now is to avoid what happened to me and other women. So like not having to go through the ridiculous diet culture, cutting out carbs, excessive cardio. Like it's just it's not the answer. And I would have saved myself so much time if I was told and taught in the right way, if that makes sense. Um, And yeah, now 
been through phases of bodybuilding, did a bit of CrossFit with you last year, loved it, um, had an amazing CrossFit coach as well. Um, and then, yeah, and then I found powerlifting and I've stuck with that now. I haven't really looked back since. Bit of a long story there, but yeah, it's just been a journey. Sounds like a, a, a big journey, but an amazing journey. And mm -hmm. it's great to hear how you are now using that to help other women overcome their, their struggles and their, and their battles with you know, food, especially in, yeah. in, in training. Um, it can be really hard when you're caught in those very toxic cycles and beliefs around your body and food and it can be so consuming, can't it? Yeah, I was just so obsessed with just a look, like just I need to be as small as possible. And I didn't realise that the scale is really not everything because before I started the whole journey, like probably now if I, because I was weighing myself in like stones then I do it all in kilos now because that's how I coach as well. But like when I look at the scale now, like to when I, before I like got underweight and everything, it, it's probably the same, near much the same, but I look completely different because it's more about body composition and muscle and that's what I try and teach my girls. And it's, it's about understanding the facts rather than, all the stuff that's online that isn't really true and it's just there to I don't know whether it gets makes money like and it's just misunderstanding basically um, not yeah. enough information out there is there really it's really hard because the way that I feel personally now there's so many valuable YouTube content like there's some really cool videos out there like RP strength guys they do a lot and they're amazing um but it's just yeah there is such a conflict and it's all person dependent I think that's the issue it's such an individual basis because people have intolerances people have certain exercises that don't work for them and they have different lifestyles like I am a big believer that you have to make it fit for you I don't think you can coach generically I think you have to work one-to-one -one with a client um some of my clients have kids some of my clients have really busy jobs um and it's about making it work for them not trying to fit them into something that isn't sustainable for their lifestyle um and that's yeah I think that's one of the problems with generic advice online it's not a one-size-fits-all mm -hmm, definitely 100%. and you've got to find a safe sustainable method or I guess route of training that is going to be beneficial for you as exactly. an individual so it's important not to compare yourself and other people 100%. you know it's important not to to compare and you've got to focus on what what is right for you yeah you mentioned that um you know you was very much focused on shrinking your body and mm -hmm. being the, the lowest weight that you could ever be yeah where do you think that that belief stemmed from that you needed to shrink your body in order to be better or more worthy uh I think it was as well just from what I was consuming online at such a young age like I got my first iPhone and like Facebook and it's that Tumblr app and everything it was all about like being as small as possible and a lot of diet culture like you'd see it even on like silly things like my mum would read like you know like the what's it called the magazines the women is it women's weekly magazines i just or remember like, heat magazine yeah being all of their magazines rife. and like like on the front cover and like it's always about someone either being overweight like they've gained weight oh or something like that and it's like ah oh, like and i think as a woman you're kind of expected to look like these models at the time that were 
praised on the front covers and on social media it has changed a lot which I'm really happy about happy about and seeing more strength sort of focus online but yeah I think that's where it stemmed from I can't really pinpoint an exact moment I just remember feeling really self-conscious about my legs in particular I never I had quite stocky legs I did gymnastics at a young age um when I was obviously young I'm talking young young and then when I went into school it kind of dropped off but again one of the reasons why I didn't want to continue gymnastics I remember I was like before secondary school um just before I went into secondary school my mum took me to Europa um which is where do you know Europa gym it's like uh it's where I don't know if team GB still train there but it was somewhere like that and we looked around and I remember so clearly that you had to train in a leotard and I was like no not doing it and I stopped I didn't even attend because I just didn't want to wear a leotard and I can't tell you what it actually was that made me feel so insecure as a kid because my mum is the most amazing woman in the world and like we're really close and like like I wasn't there was nothing that I can pinpoint on so it must have just been what I was passively consuming um, and that's why I'm really passionate like if I'm coaching a girl and she'll be like oh I saw this on TikTok oh I saw this on Instagram is this true like I wish can I look like her and I'd be like look like don't do that like let's let's focus on you because it's not true and like I showed it literally yesterday I was in PT with a girl and I was like, I'm going to show you something and I train at Crayford Weights and I was doing pull-ups and one of the videos I took last week the lighting was really good and you could see my back and you could see the muscles working yesterday the lighting was crap like the it was dark outside a bit gloomy and you can't see anything and I said to her these are a week apart if you saw that first video you'd think that I'm like really jacked but then if you looked at that one you'd be like oh she's like not as muscular but I'm just saying this is the point that I'm trying to prove it's it's about trying to take a step back from that and I wish at a young age that's what I did but obviously when you're younger like you just believe everything that you see don't you so I think that's where it kind of stems from yeah it's hard as well if you're if you're consuming like you said that content and that I guess like advice back then and mm. you didn't have a role not I wouldn't say a role model but you didn't have somebody on the flip side giving you different information yeah. which I think has evolved more now and there is a 100%. lot more um fitness influencers out there online that are pushing the narrative you know that you don't have to shrink your body you know you can be strong mm. you can be healthy you can be fit and you know embrace your body and mm. be strong but I think when that is lacking and it definitely was if we wind it back to the you know 2000s Pinterest you know it, which was absolutely just mental back then to think of the narratives that were being pushed you know nothing tastes as good as skinny fields I think and, that was my screensaver at one point oh yeah like honestly yeah I, I have I'm pretty was. sure I saved that image somewhere to like remind myself to um yeah. yeah, I think it actually was a screensaver, but yeah, it's just crazy, like, looking back. But you said something that I think is really valuable is that I always say this as well to clients, I'm just talking from my personal experience, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with having a fat loss goal, though, but it's just the extremities of it, and if you don't enjoy your pro- the process along the way, and if it's fueled by self-hate, then that's a problem, but if it's fueled by I want to do this to be healthier, then there is an argument for that as well. It's a very fine line. Mm. Like with everything in life, like too much of something, it can go too far. But that's what I'm always cautious of as well. So say I have a lot of clients that want to lose body fat. 
that's okay. You can have an aesthetic goal, but it's just when you take it too far. Mm. Does that make sense? And you go to unnecessary extremes to achieve that. I think it depends on the mindset around it. Like you said, you know, if you're if you're going into it with, oh, I need to shrink my body because then that's going to increase my worth, you yeah, know, it, or, you know, like you said, coming from a, a place of hatred for your for your body, mm-hmm. I think then that's when it can be very damaging and mm-hmm. it can only, it has the potential to cause further ramifications with, you know, your, your food and, and exercise later down the line yeah is there any toxic fitness myths or beliefs out there that you would like to debunk Mm, I think a lot of it's a very common one you see it time and time again and people debunking it but it still gets I still get questions about it is it's the if I lift weights will I look manly will I get bulky and the protein thing like I have women say well if I drink a protein shake Mm -hmm. like will this make me really muscular but the thing is as well like you and me both know like because obviously we've been trained in it like that is not going to happen but you've got to see it from that perspective and it's like if you've never learned this then how can you expect to know so when people do ask me that questions and people debunk it all the time like don't be silly it's like well people aren't being silly but it needs to be addressed because it is is something that's not going to happen if anything it's like one of the most beneficial things you can do for your body especially as a female throughout your life like like when you're developing obviously when you're in your 20s and then when you're getting older as well like people and going through the menopause and stuff like that like lifting weights is one of the best things you can do and I think that's a big fitness sort of myth that should be debunked it's not just cardio 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 Mm. um and yeah just eating whole food diets uh, not being afraid to increase calories as well when needed. And I definitely think, you know, if you're listening to this now and you maybe have that belief or you have that hesitation around lifting weights, maybe you're thinking, oh, I want to lift weights, but I'm scared that mm-hmm. I'm going to, and I'm putting in quotes marks here, look like a man or yeah. look too bulky. Um, you know, I think it comes from, you have to kind of understand where those hesitations and where that, belief has come from Mm -hmm. initially and like you've said there you know not just saying to them to like a client for example oh like don't be silly you know it's it's like you know you've got to address the core reason and the core um I guess like hesitation around it because you know that is still valid you know if somebody's maybe a bit worried or they're Mm. feeling that way like that is still valid and that is obviously come from somewhere maybe it's come from somebody's told them that before so I guess it's like you said like trying to address it with like compassion and come out from the angle of like well you know this is going to be different for your your body and this is a completely different type of training but you can um you know give it a go see how it goes for you if you find that it's it's not right and you don't like it you also have the power to be like actually this isn't right for me yeah and, and that's can... perfectly valid and it's something I say to clients like I'm like look you go to school to learn English you go to school to learn maths you don't go to school to learn the gym like so how are you expected to know Do you know yeah. just, it sounds like a ridiculous comparison but it's just it is the same thing really like essentially how are we expecting people to walk into a gym or like walk up to a barbell and know how to use it if they've never been talked to yeah it's like do you know what I mean it's like because that's like the gym is like my work environment it's like if I walked 
obviously it's like if I walked into like a dentist or something and I'd like saw all their tools, I'd have no idea what to do with them. Mm. It's this kind of like for like in a really ridiculous way. But that's what I say to people. And they're like, oh, yeah. And it, it doesn't make them feel small. I think that's a really big problem. People feel like they should know it. But they there's no there's nothing wrong with not knowing. Everyone starts as a student. Exactly. And it I doesn't matter. As a student. Yeah. Especially with what I'm doing now, like powerlifting. I'm training for powerlifting. I'm still really new to it. Um, and I still learn things like every session. For me, I'm always overshooting my weights. <laughs> but it's it's a learning process and I'm really open with it. And for a long time when I first started powerlifting, I was like, oh, I'm not as strong as them or like I'm not going to be able to lift this weight. And then like my partner said to me, like, it's not about that. And it, it really isn't. Like, and that's what I say to my clients as well. It's, like, it's not about them. It's about you. And I think that's like what needs to be said more online. Like, and it's it's a hard one because people are doing really great in promoting that message online. But you do get them sneaky like videos in there here and there or the TikToks. And I'm not really that much on TikTok, but I've heard it through a lot of my girls. Like, <laughs> I need to get TikTok basically. <laughs> TikTok is the worst place for fitness and nutrition advice. Okay. Honestly, the amount of crap I've seen on there, you're kind of just like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> I mean, I need to be more on it, but I think that's one of the reasons why I just don't really go on that platform as much. Um, but I know it's like the place to be right now. So, yeah. yeah. So is there any other fitness myths? Um, there's so many, like like again like I said the nutrition side of things like cutting out carbohydrates that's a massive one the keto diet um just not actually understanding nutrition science and understandably so again because it's something that you need to learn about and macros and like the amount of time I spend with clients working again like on a one-to-one basis over whatsapp or like on video call like what actually is a carbohydrate or for example like literally this morning I had a check-in with one of my clients and she was finding that she was getting hungrier in the mornings. And I was like, what are you eating for breakfast? And then she was like, I'm having like fruit and yogurt, like protein, yogurt and fruit. And I was like, how about we switch it to more of a complex carbohydrate? And she's like, what's a complex carbohydrate? And I'm like explaining what a complex carbohydrate mm-hmm. is. It's broken down slower, lower GI. It'll keep you sustained for longer. We switched it to that. And she texted me literally like, just now saying had that for breakfast feeling so much better and it's like little gems like that which is really but it's really hard to communicate that just through like a 10 second video online but that's another really big myth or like not even myth like something that's not really explained as well online does that make sense Mm, yeah Um, I don't know because you coach as well so is there any myths that have come up for you with your coaching girls so I would say like very similar I did have a client recently she was um we was looking at her measurements and her measurements didn't change for like a week or so and I obviously explained to her you know progress is never linear we've just got to keep you know going being consistent ticking Mm -hmm. the boxes with what we're doing um but her default was oh do you think we should cut out the carbs Mm. and you know obviously I just reassured her explained the importance of carbohydrates and the importance of you know the calorie deficit for fat loss and making sure that we're consistent with the the habits and the the training and everything that she's doing already um but I think it's again it's like that going back to the scales and that kind of number on the scales I have a lot of women who do get very fixated on the the scales so I think a fitness myth I would say would be that 
the the scales know everything mm, and yeah. they don't because when you step on the scales it is literally all it is is your weight it's your body fat it's your water mass it's your bones yeah it's you know the food that's in your stomach from 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 last night you know so there's so many variables that can contribute to that number that you see on the scales Mm -hmm. and I had a client recently who saw that her weight on the scales went up and she messaged me and she said I'm so annoyed that this week the number on the scales has gone up by a pound and I looked at her measurements we looked at her photos and we could see from her photos that she the body her body composition had, had been changing mm. her measurements had been changing but also I said to her you know if you hadn't have weighed in on the scales on that day do you think you would have felt differently about your check-in? You know, you've had a great week in terms of you've showed up for yourself, you've been consistent with your training, you've felt great in your sessions, you've hit your PBs, you've had more energy, you know, you don't feel absolutely fucking knackered by the yeah. end of the day because you're fueling your body, you're not skipping meals. Yeah. So there's so many wins, but then that one thing, I think, you know, of like stepping on the scales can sometimes get in your head so I think it's trying to detach from numbers and detaching you know your your worth to to the number on a scale so I would say if you're listening to this right now and you're somebody who does attach your worth to the number on the scales um I would say to step away Mm. from it for a little bit and only when you feel like you're in the right mindset to potentially go down that route of you know weighing again but it's not necessary you don't need no. to weigh in on, no, on the I scales have a client that doesn't even own a pair of scales mm. she's still made amazing progress yeah but it's like what I say is a really big thing on my coaching one of my main sort of ethos let's say of my brand is strength so I like my girls to set strength goals or performance goals and I think that's why for me I know that like the powerlifting and the crossfit I really loved that because it was about kind of stepping away from what my body just looks like Mm. and more so looking at what can I actually do and from coming from being so underweight and feeling like I literally couldn't even walk up the stairs some days um, especially at university like I was literally I don't really know how I did it to be honest like when I was doing like my, I did a med rota like a rotation at um, Guy's Hospital in the cancer wards. That's what decided I decided I didn't want to be a doctor because I just I did that um, rotation for two weeks, like a sort of like experience work experience, I guess. And it just maybe because I was so underfueled as well, like the whole experience for me was just awful like I felt so ill upset I cried like when I got home I would cry because of the things I'd seen that day and like that's why for me I needed to find something that wasn't just so focused on what I was what I looked like how much I weighed like the scale thing because at one point in my life I was obsessed with the scale um and then more so what can I do and now I want to see the scale go up like I want bigger legs I keep saying like I want Jack's legs (laughs) and like it's just like seeing how much I can push in terms of strength now and that's what I say to my girls and it's like by having a performance goal I think as well on check-ins and like when you review what you've done for the week it's nice to see if you've worked towards that rather than just seeing how your body's responded through a scale because like I've said to so many people like scale weight can be influenced by so many things especially as a woman like your cycle 
it plays a massive role. Like if I'm on my period, like my, the scalp is ridiculous. Like the things that it does, it fluctuates daily. Like, mm. but it's, it doesn't, for me, I just see it as data. And one of my closest friends taught me that actually. She's a bodybuilder. Um, and she was uh, really, she really objectively looks at things. And I like how she sees things. Like she'll say like, weight is literally just a measure of data. See how your body responds. And I remember her saying that. I was like, I like that. That's a good way of looking at it. Because I just could never think of a way to like encapsulate it and that perfectly explains it really. Um, and that's what I say to my girls now. I'm like, it's just a bit of data. Yeah, like, that's a really good way to look at it and that way you data. can just look at it like, you know, it's just just a number. Yeah, it's just not. It doesn't a, mean anything. Something I say to my girls as well, I'm like, you walk around, so say if you're training for a physique goal or something, you walk around, people see what you look like. I went, let's take bodybuilders, for example. They are, they train to look amazing on stage. They get up on that stage and they look crazy like but do you know how much any of them girls weigh and they're like no and I'm like who wins the show like how do they win it's like based off like what physique they've brought to the stage but it's nothing to do with scale weight and I'm like so why like if they don't care like obviously they see the down trends whatever but it's not just based on how tiny you can get and same for like powerlifting like it's not about oh how much does this person weigh it's like what did they what are they capable of doing and it's just, it's, it's like one piece of the puzzle, basically. But yeah, I'm really passionate about the scout, as you can tell. <laughs> just passionate about helping women, really. I just want everyone to feel, not feel how we've, like you've experienced it as well. Um, just feeling rubbish about yourself. It's just not a way to live. So much more to life. So how do you think training can be incorporated as a, you know, way of, self-care and nourishment looking after your body rather than conforming to societal standards or looking at it of, of a way of okay well I must do this to shrink my body mm. I think doing it for self-care you need to understand what self-care actually is like it's there to make you feel good so the primary thing is exercising and training in a way that makes you feel happy so I'll have clients that don't like to deadlift they don't like to squat so I won't make them do it like it's, it's and it seems like just because it's what you've seen someone else do doesn't mean you have to do it mm. and I think incorporating training for self-care would be along them lines you need to try different things that work for you so I tried CrossFit I loved I liked CrossFit but for me it just didn't with my lifestyle I just didn't want to I couldn't keep up the double training sessions I was doing sometimes like because you do the Metcons don't you and then the Olympic lifts and everything like that um but it's about finding what works for you and I think that's the best way for incorporating it into a self-care routine whether it's a 30 minute session or 45 minute session hour again there's not really a rule book it's kind of intuitive training you've got to be in it in the flow of things um so that's how I would, mm. that's the advice I would give to someone listening to this. I'd say try things like try a class, try like maybe book in if you're at a local gym, book in a one-to-one -one with a PT, reach out to an online coach that you like their vibe on, on social media. If you like how they train, try it. If you don't like it, mm. that's okay. It's okay not to like things. Yeah, it's definitely something that you've got to find your own feet with and make your own decisions and I think that's when it comes from a place of empowerment when you're mm -hmm. making the decisions for yeah. yourself and that can be very empowering and like you said not doing things that you don't want to do yeah. just because of you know 
Sally on TikTok said that, you know, this is the best exercise for your ass. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so many things out there. It's like the trend at the minute is Pilates, isn't it? Isn't Pilates quite a trend at the minute? I've had a lot of my girls ask to do Pilates. I'm like, if you want to try it, try it. Yeah. But for me, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, couldn't I haven't got... I don't think I've got the patience for it. I think mm. it's... Um, I Yeah, I don't think I've got the patience for it because it's... Obviously, it requires a lot of strength and like self discipline, doesn't mm. it? And and slowing down. I mean, it's nothing. And I train. can't slow down. <laughs> I, 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 this is why one of the reasons why I can't do yoga as well because my brain doesn't shut mm. off. So I just end up getting bored. I had a deload week last week actually. My coach ordered me one, and I tried a bit of yoga, and it was actually quite nice. But I completely understand mm. the slowing down aspect of it. But another thing I'd say about incorporating self care and training, it doesn't have to be in a gym. And something I wish someone told me that earlier, like, you, it's perfectly okay to switch, like, a 45-minute Stairmaster, if that's what you want to do, for, like, a hike or something like that, or, like, a bike ride. I've been loving my bike rides at the minute. I don't know if you've seen my story. <laughs> I'm like, bike ride here, bike ride there. <laughs> skateboard, I love skateboarding as well. It's, again, it's it's movement. It's something I enjoy. Maybe it's not your typical thing. People might be like, why do you want to do that? But I enjoy it. So it's something I do. And I, I've, it's taken me a long time to get to a point where I can be like, yeah. And so what? Like, I don't really care what people have to say about that. But I think that's where the enjoyment factor of it comes in. And, you know, that, f- that, that essence of fun because it's something different. It's something that you enjoy and mm. it's something that you can just like just throw yourself into yeah. and just, just go for it. Yeah, it's like with powerlifting. I know I'm not the strongest, but I enjoy it. I like it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it's about finding what works for people. I've had clients that have started off, like, come to me, like, I want to get better at doing, like, squatting, and then I show them a bit more about, like, like training, like, supersets, drop sets, like, more like a bodybuilding style of training, and they absolutely love it. So then we'll, for their next block, we'll focus more on that stuff, and it's just sort of an evolution thing. mm yeah and just having your own autonomy to say I want to try this I want to try that and I think if you are being coached or if you do have a PT or you have someone that's helping you out along the way you need to always remember that you are the one ultimately that makes the calls the coach is there to guide you the coach is there to help and support you but they don't tell you what you want to do with your life yeah yeah 100 percent, definitely make your own decisions feel empowered as you do it and do what makes you fucking happy yeah exactly bottom line <laughs> you know 100 percent. and i think just following on from that as well which is amazing advice um i would say changing your mindset mm. around training and why you're training yeah. so rather than looking at it from i need to go to the gym to lose weight i need to go to the gym to burn calories mm. i need to go to the gym because I ate a pizza last night or I need to earn my food rather than looking at it from that, which, you know, easier said than done to unpick and change those beliefs. Mm. Um, you know, we're sat we're sat on the couch now nodding our heads at, at that because we've been able to overcome that and we're, we've gone through that. Um, but for somebody who maybe is going through that right now, um, it might take a little bit of time to, you know, obviously change those beliefs but it starts with your mindset oh yeah and the way that you're you're viewing the gym Mm -hmm. and the 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 why you're training as well so looking at it from like a okay well how did that session make me feel you know you get a lot of um I see a lot of people 
posting their workouts online from their fitness watch for example Mm -hmm. and whilst fitness trackers I think can be positive I think that they can be negative and I've had a lot of women who have worked with and they've come to me and they've said I only burnt 200 calories in my workout today must be a shit workout yeah I've had that before as well and I've gone but how did the workout make you feel and they were like oh felt great I got a PB I hit a PB on my bench today and I was like oh yeah so was it really a shit workout was it really a bad workout and I think like you said going back to looking at numbers and it's just it's just data you know um so focusing on how you're feeling in yourself in your sessions and the reason you know behind that I guess you know would be to to better yourself and to move your body better and to feel fucking confident in yourself you know so I think it's looking at it from that perspective rather than I need to go to the gym to lose weight or shrink my body yeah I think that's another misconception as well about actual training there's a difference between training and exercising so when I go when I do my session I don't wear my apple watch when I when I'm squatting or anything like that like I don't care how many calories I'm burning I'm not I'm not training to burn calories mm. I'm training to improve my movement patterns to in- improve my mus- my muscle strength to train the actual muscle put muscle under stress and then if I wanted if I had a body composition goal then I would control my expenditure through other means so my cardio output my steps my food intake the actual gym and training isn't shouldn't be seen as a method to lose weight I think that's a really common thing. There's a difference between exercise and training. That's what I say to my clients. I'm like, you need to think of yourself as an athlete. Like, mm. you've got a goal to work towards. So, like, take it seriously. Like, back yourself. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And sometimes you need that little bit of confidence um, to reach your goal, um, no matter what you're working towards, if that makes sense. Do you have any strategies for our listeners to help develop a more positive relationship with food or exercise is there anything that you have learned in your own journey um something that really helped me and like I think this underpins every single thing we spoke about in this podcast is understanding why you're doing something so why am I training like this what is the purpose of this session doing a little bit of research um if you're being coached asking the coach or even just dming a coach like i would really respect if someone reached out to me on instagram like why are you training like this and we're just curious and i'd i'd, I'd explain like i'd voice note back and give in depth because i think it's really valuable to understand methods behind things um ask questions don't be afraid to ask questions and also when it comes to like nutrition and, and seeing foods i think having that good bu- good food bad food sort of mindset is one of the worst things you can have um don't get me wrong as a nutritionist obviously some foods are more micronutrientally dense if that's a thing it's like a way to say it some things provide more goodness for us like in terms of micronutrients um protein content um the saturated fat unsaturated fat the monounsaturated fats and things all of that can be provided for food however i also think it's important to understand what would engaging in certain social situations bring you like by missing out a meal like just because it's bad food like how would that actually make you feel emotionally like is it 
that's not a way to live a life. So what I would do is get rid of the food, the food rules in terms of good or bad and start seeing things as energy. And something I teach my clients is like, you can go out for that meal. It's all about energy balance. Like you can enjoy yourself, but then you just make mindful choices. Like I eat burgers, I eat pizza. And like, I still reach my goals because I understand energy balance and how to make choices around their meals. You know what I mean? Um, and that's something I would really say, like going forward with a health and fitness journey is to not think it has to be low carb. Don't sign yourself up to just one way of thinking. Be open to new things, um, open to new styles of training um, because you never know what will work for you. Like if you asked Meg three years ago, oh, you're going to get loads of joy out of squat bench deadlift. I'd be like, are you mad? <laughs> I'd be like, how boring. But no, I really like it now. It's, it's just, do you know what I mean? It's about giving things a go. Um, but yeah, that's what I'd say. Be open. Don't just think this is the way it is. Because I used to think like that for a long time. I was very black and white about things like no carbs, all about the scale, must do this much cardio a week, must hit 10,000 steps a day. Mm. that's another fitness myth there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just trying to strike that balance isn't it between your goals and your social life and your mm. ha- like having looking after your own mental health and yeah and and well-being and fitness mm-hmm. it's all just trying to to balance it and find a method that kind of you know is is right for your lifestyle I always say to my clients make sure that you're fitting fitness into your lifestyle not your lifestyle around fitness Mm -hmm. I think strategy that I just wanted to kind of add on there some advice would be to cut out anything that is making you feel like shit so anything you're seeing on Instagram oh yeah curate your social media definitely you know remove any any content that's making you feel negative about yourself or making you feel negative about food or exercise, making you feel conflicted and start filling your feed and your social media up with with accounts that make you feel empowered, that make you feel inspired, that make you feel positive and definitely surrounding yourself with individuals that have like-minded qualities and want to see you thrive want to see you succeed and want to support you in your journey I think having a support system in place is one of the most important things there's nothing worse than you know having people around you that are like oh why are you why are you doing that why are you going to the gym yeah you know and questioning everything and it's like stick your nose out of it this yeah. is my life I think as well I say to clients as well it's perfectly okay for you to explain to people what your goals are like say if you're in the office and like karen's like why have you got a got a salad for lunch we dieting are we or something like that mm. it's like you don't have to be unpleasant about it just be like i've got some goals that i'm working towards and then just leave it at that and carry on with your day like but what if karen keeps on picking what if karen's like you know Karen, what do why we say a, i'm really sorry if your name's karen yeah i know why do we always <laughs> <laughs> no shade no shade to uh, no shade to the karens out there just kind I'm of really sorry <laughs> um, but no like i'd just be like maybe you just like try and explain it but then if they carry on i just be like look it's just my lunch then just like leave it yeah <laughs> um because yeah i think it's one of them ones where i think you're allow- allowed to explain yourself but just don't let people trigger emotions in you that aren't even worth driving because sometimes people just don't get it like some people just don't get why we train 
it's yeah. one of them things. It takes all sorts to make a world. Yeah. Um, like certain people have certain fitness goals that I don't even understand, but it's about being open to things and just letting people do what they want to do. Um, I think there's so much judgment as well, especially online. And it's like, if it's not harming you, if it's not hurting you, then just let them do their thing, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, just let it go. Uh, So that's what I would, that's what I say to clients. I'm like, just be pleasant, be peaceful and remember what your purpose. And as long as it aligns to you and your values, then you're doing the right thing. I love that so much. That's a really great note to end on, <laughs> Megs. And thank you so much for taking the time to come onto the podcast thank today. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. <laughs> Is there anything that you wanted to say before we wrap up the pod? Um, no, just thanks for having me. And like, I hope if anyone has anything that they want to ask off the back of this or if they need help like just to reach out. Like, I remember when I first got into the fitness space, like I was really confused as to what to do and I did DM a few people do you remember Grace Beverly she like mm. owns Tala now yeah I used to I DM'd her like once I bought her glute guide when I like first signed out <laughs> in fitness and I used to DM her like can I have help and she would reply to me like she was so lovely and then obviously now she doesn't really do the fitness thing as much but it was just like things like that meant so much at the time like having that advice from someone that I was like watching um so that's what I try and do with my clients like I want to help as much as possible Um, So that's what my advice would be is just like to keep asking questions and not be afraid. Um, There's always like these quotes you see online. It's like, it's something I love one. It's like, um, what is it like? But what if everything did work out? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what if you did take the risk? And I wouldn't want to waste my life to just be like, oh, what if? Like, just go for it and ask, try new things, push out of your comfort zone. Um, And yeah, that's all really just good vibes all around. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Megs. And thank you everyone for listening. And I look forward to chatting to you in the next one. Thanks.